to the Uplevel Your Relationships podcast. I'm your hostess, Allison Anderson, MD. This is the place where high-achieving women come to create relationships as extraordinary as their careers. If you're looking to uplevel all of your relationships, including the one with yourself, I've got you. Using evidence-based mindset tools, my training as a life coach, and my own experience as a physician, wife, and mom, I'll teach you everything you need to know to create relationships beyond your wildest dreams. I'm so excited that you're here. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, my friends, welcome back to the Uplevel Your Relationships podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm always so excited to record these for you every week. It feels like we're just having a conversation and I love it when you get in touch with me to chat about the episodes or give me feedback or anything else. So keep it up. Send me a DM, send me an email. All of my Um, contact info is always in the show notes of these episodes. So if you're ever looking for something that I've referenced, it will be linked in the show notes and please don't hesitate to let me know if you have questions, comments, if there's something you want me to cover on this podcast, you know that I love to hear from you and I love to have, you know, one-on-one interactions with my community. I really do focus on being connected to you all. Some of you I've never spoken to and maybe I never will directly, but I really love to get to know as many of you as I possibly can. As this community is growing, um, that can be hard, but I still have that desire to really be, you know, individually connected to the people that support me and resonate with this work. So don't be afraid to reach out. I always love to hear from you. Okay, so what I want to talk to you about today is the role of negative emotion. And I should first say right off the bat, we call it negative and like that's what I'm referencing it as in this podcast a lot. But inherently, I don't believe that any emotions are good or bad or, you know, positive or negative. I really think that all emotions are neutral. It's just how comfortable we are or uncomfortable we are with experiencing them. So I don't believe that any emotions can actually truly hurt us. I know that some are just undesirable and we don't love to feel them. Um, And those are the ones that we refer to as negative or uncomfortable, but they're not actually bad. So I just wanted to like say that up front, even though I'm calling this negative emotion, I don't actually think that it's negative in the usual sense of that word. Okay, so if I ask you, like, what's the role of negative emotion in your life? Do you want to experience negative emotion? what would your answer be? A lot of you right off the bat might say, no, that sounds terrible. I don't want to experience negative emotion. That's so uncomfortable. I hate feeling ashamed, afraid, rejection, um, self-doubt, sadness. All of those things just feel kind of, you know, not amazing. And I'd rather not feel them. And if you look at the way that most people behave, we go out of our way to avoid negative emotion at all costs. We might resist it by sort of stuffing it down and pretending it's not there. But if you've heard on a previous episode, um, it is episode 10 on managing emotions. Go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it yet. But when we resist our emotions, we are essentially pushing them down using willpower. And if you think about pushing a beach ball down under the water using sheer strength, eventually the strength is going to fatigue and then the beach ball pops up like way more dramatically than it would have if it had just been floating there. 
And that's how it is with our emotions. When we resist them and we push them down using all of our willpower and our force, eventually that ability fatigues. And then that emotion just pops up a lot bigger than it probably was to start with. So a lot of us really try to resist these uncomfortable negative emotions. And then certainly we do a lot of things to avoid them. And most of the things that we do to avoid negative emotion are things that distract us temporarily and that feel really great temporarily, but they all have a negative downstream effect. So the common things that we use to avoid feeling are things like overeating, over drinking, over shopping, over social media-ing, all of those overings, which are not inherently bad or good, but like I said, they usually do have a negative downstream effect. So if you think about, for example, drinking, So if you are, you know, drinking alcohol to avoid feeling, you might temporarily feel better because you're not thinking about whatever it is that is causing you emotional distress. You're kind of, you know, putting it out of your mind and distracting yourself and drinking and feeling better temporarily. But there's a negative downstream consequence because you haven't actually dealt with whatever that negative emotion is. So it's still there lingering unresolved. And now on top of that, you've piled on maybe being hungover, maybe not doing what you said you were going to do and go to the gym because you're too tired because you drank a whole bottle of wine last night or whatever it is. So we do so many things to try to avoid feeling our emotions. And even though they kind of temporarily do make us feel better, the long-term effect is not really what we want. So we have a pretty complicated relationship with negative emotion. We do lots of resisting and we do lots of avoiding. And so much of it stems from us being sort of sold the idea that life should always be happy. Like, oh, I just want to be happy is such a common thing that we say. But we aren't happy all the time. Life isn't just rainbows and daisies all the time. And that's by design. But because we think it should be, Anytime we are faced with an uncomfortable or negative emotion, we think that something's gone wrong. We think that we shouldn't be feeling that. And that's what causes us to sort of resist or avoid our emotions, sometimes at the detriment of our long-term well-being, because we're just not comfortable with the fact that sometimes life is uncomfortable. So I want to talk to you today about why negative emotion actually serves an important purpose in our lives and why there's really nothing to be afraid of when we are facing negative emotion. I'm making the case for why negative emotion is something that we don't need to avoid or resist and how, in fact, it's actually a really important component of our lives that we don't want to get rid of because it serves a purpose. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about today comes from the work of positive intelligence, which you've probably heard me mention before on the show. But Positive intelligence is one of my favorite coaching modalities. It's a heavily researched, science-based program of mental fitness. And basically, you evaluate your level of mental fitness, and you recognize certain patterns that your brain is predisposed to. And then there's a set of activities and exercises that are meant to be performed daily and even multiple times a day that are to increase and augment your mental fitness. And when I'm talking about mental fitness, what I mean is your ability to respond to any of life's challenges while maintaining your composure. 
It's how to weather the storm. It's how you keep it together, even when things don't seem to be going your way. And it's not, when I, when I talk about mental fitness, it's not like a false positivity of pretending like nothing's wrong or acting like it's not a problem at all and like everything's great. It's not that. It's more like looking at the challenges that life throws your way and the parts of life that just don't really go according to your plan and coming out the other side of that even better than when you started. I'm going to kind of give a basic outline of some of the science behind how our brain works and how negative emotion is generated. And I don't want to get like super deep in the weeds with all the nerd stuff, even though I love it. But um, if you do want some of these references to the ideas that I'm talking about, most of them can be found actually in the book Positive Intelligence or on their website at positiveintelligence.com. And you can always send me a message if you want more information on the things that I am referencing here. So our brains basically have two regions, and I'm not talking about like a little pinpoint. It's really a collection of different parts of the brain. And all of the specifics of that are beyond the scope of this discussion. But there are essentially two regions of our brain that you can distinguish on a functional MRI scan. One side is commonly referred to as the survival brain or the primitive brain. In the paradigm of positive intelligence, it's referred to the saboteur region of the brain. This is our biological hardwiring. This region of the brain has one goal and one goal only, which is to keep us alive. And this is the region of the brain that is responsible for all, yes, all of our negative emotions. It's the part of our brain that generates any negative emotion that we experience, whether it's fear, whether it's shame, whether it's rejection, whether it's self-doubt, whether it's anger, whatever it is, if it's a negative emotion, it's coming from the saboteur region of our brain. And because this is our primitive biological hardwiring, you can see why this part of our brain is designed the way that it is. Because way back when, we really needed to be alerted to actual dangers that were a threat to our existence, to our individual lives. We needed to feel fear of putting ourselves out there too much because going out too much could have meant being eaten by a large predator. We needed to feel the discomfort of rejection because being rejected by the rest of the group might have meant that we were outcast and had to fend for ourselves without the ability to hunt, stay safe, and be in a pack like we were when we were included in the group. So this primitive biological hardwiring from the saboteur region of our brain obviously has served a purpose in our evolution. But in a lot of ways, we've evolved past this part of our brains. These days, most of us live really modern, comfortable, and relatively safe lives. So there's nothing that our brain actually needs to be on the lookout for in terms of physical danger most of the time. Obviously, there are exceptions to that. But on a day-to-day basis, most of us live lives that are safe and comfortable enough that our brain doesn't really need to be you know, alerting us about tigers hiding behind bushes or being outcast from the group and literally not being able to stay alive on our own. So instead, this biological hardwiring, these saboteur regions of the brain, alert us to other perceived dangers because this region of the brain still has the job of just trying to keep us safe and alive. So it'll still alert us to fear of putting ourselves out there. 
But the putting ourselves out there in this case is just going after, you know, a new relationship with a person that we want to ask on a date. It's not actually a life or death situation, but our brain doesn't really have anything super scary to focus on. So it will focus on the fear of maybe being rejected by that person or the danger, quote unquote, of putting ourselves out there in that way. It'll still give us the negative emotion of feeling rejected if somebody doesn't like our presentation or thinks that our idea is stupid or doesn't want to go on a second date, which again, none of those are actual dangerous things, but our brain doesn't have a lot else to focus on that's a real threat. And so this saboteur part of the brain focuses on things like that. And so those type of negative emotions They are not always useful for us in the long term, but they do have a role in the short term, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Before I get into that, the other part of the brain that we talk about is the part that's designed to help us thrive. It's the more evolved part of our brain. And in the words of positive intelligence, it's the sage regions of the brain. A lot of this is the prefrontal cortex, but also other regions are included. This is the part of our brain that is good at planning with our long-term well-being in mind. And it's the part that generates positive emotion, even in the face of challenges. It's responsible for creativity and empathy, and it really is the key to creating the results that we desire in our modern lives. And like I said, you can literally see these regions light up on functional MRI scanning under different conditions. So it's really, really interesting. So I want to draw a parallel between physical pain and negative emotion, because this is where you're going to see that the role of negative emotion is actually one that's necessary in our lives. So think about physical pain. If I asked you, do you want to feel pain if you put your hand on a hot stove? The answer is probably yes, because without feeling that pain physically caused by the burning on your hand, you won't withdraw your hand and then you'll end up getting a worse burn and actually really injuring yourself. If you're in medicine, this is like our diabetic patients who often have profound peripheral neuropathy and that results in them not having much sensation in their feet. And because they can't feel their feet, they are prone to getting pretty severe injuries sometimes. So they'll step on something without knowing it because they can't feel the pain. And then that will turn into an infection that often requires surgery. Or they might put their foot in scalding hot water in the bath without realizing how hot the water is. And then they sustain a burn that requires treatment. So this lack of ability to feel pain really gets us in a lot of trouble when we talk about physical pain. So physical pain is desirable as a warning signal. We want that alert that something is up so that we can change course. And there's an exact parallel between physical pain and its utility in our lives and emotional discomfort caused by quote unquote negative emotions. So negative emotion is there just like physical pain to serve as a warning It's there to tell us something. It's there to alert us that something's going on that we need to either look at or change course about. And much like physical pain, negative emotion is really only necessary for a couple of moments to give us the alert signal. If you think about physical pain, you only need your hand to hurt for like a split second to know that it's getting burned by the hot stove and that you should pull your hand away. 
it's not useful or necessary for your hand to keep hurting as severely once you've removed it from the stimulus of the hot stove. And so negative emotion is the same. It's useful for a couple of moments to alert us that something's up, that we need to evaluate or do something about, um, but it's not useful to stay in negative emotion in the long term. And I think that's probably why we are so quick to try to get away from it because we don't really know how to manage negative emotion or what to do about it. And so it often becomes a persistent issue and it seems really terrible to be that uncomfortable for that long. And so we're really quick to try to escape or avoid our emotions by doing all the overing behaviors that I mentioned or to resist our negative emotion. So I'm going to give you something that's so easy and super straightforward and tangible that you can do in the face of negative emotion starting today to help manage it for yourself so that you can really start to view negative emotion as the useful, necessary, important warning system that it still is, but know that you don't have to stay in it because that's not actually useful. So if you remember how I was talking about the functional MRI that shows the two distinct regions of our brain, the saboteur region and the sage region, If you are experiencing negative emotion, the area on the functional MRI that would be lighting up would be the saboteur region because all of our negative emotion is generated there. And what we want to do is be able to shift the area that's lit up to the sage region, that part that can generate positive emotion, even in the face of challenges, that part that's responsible for any creativity or empathy or laser focused action. When we're experiencing negative emotion, we want to be able to use it as the warning signal that it is, but then quickly shift out of it when possible so that we can actually do something about whatever it is that's happening. The saboteur side of your brain will basically give you the false idea that you need to be in negative emotion in order to be productive or in order to accomplish something or in order to not make the same mistake again, right? But really, that's just a false belief. The way that you accomplish anything in your life and still have long-term satisfaction, the way that you learn from mistakes and grow from negative or difficult experiences is by tapping into the powers of the sage side of your brain that really let you look at things in a clear light. So you want to, when you're in negative emotion, be able to shift from saboteur into sage. You want to be able to literally shift your brain activity from the saboteur regions over to the sage. And that sounds daunting, right? (laughs) But it's actually really, really simple and straightforward. And the way to do it is to shift your attention from the negative emotion and the thoughts over to a physical sensation in your body. And so you can pick any of your five senses to do this with. All you do is you decide what are you going to focus your attention on as far as physical sensation and put all of your focus on that. So for example, in traditional meditation, we often focus on the breath. You focus on the sensation of the breath, the rise and fall of your chest, the rise and fall of your belly. Maybe you feel cool air when you inhale through your nose and maybe you feel warm air being exhaled from your nose. Whatever it is, those are some of the common things that traditional meditation will have you focus your attention on as an anchor. And that's a beautiful example of shifting away from your thoughts and away from the negative emotion coming from the saboteur regions and putting all of your focus on a physical sensation. 
And studies have shown using the functional MRI again, that doing that shift to focusing on a physical sensation for just 10 seconds can create this transfer of brain activity from the saboteur region into the sage region, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. It's like this little tiny thing that you just shift your attention, not even for very long, can literally make a difference in the neural pathways in your brain. And by the way, the whole premise of mental fitness as described in positive intelligence is to strengthen the sage regions of your brain and diminish the strength of the saboteurs. And so the studies show that when you repeatedly shift your attention to a physical sensation and you repeatedly shift the brain activity over to the sage regions of the brain, you actually build up those sage regions and the saboteur regions and the saboteur pathways start to atrophy. This is the concept of neuroplasticity, where you can literally rewire your brain, the parts of your brain that cause negative ingrained patterned thinking can actually be extinguished with practice. And these desired um, intentional pathways that come from the sage part of your brain can be literally strengthened. And the neural pathways and the circuitry can literally change. And that's not just like a thing for kids. It happens well into our 90s, according to the research. So it's a pretty incredible concept when you really start to wrap your mind around it. So when you're feeling negative emotion, the first thing to do is to go into your body and notice and focus on a physical sensation. So it can be the sensation of the breath, like we were just talking about. One really great one that's actually the most popular one in the positive intelligence program is to take two fingertips and rub them together so that you can feel the ridges of both fingertips. Really put your laser focus on that for 10 seconds. That'll shift your brain away from saboteur and into sage. You can do this with the sense of sound. You can focus your attention on the farthest away sound that you can hear and just hear that and listen to that. And then you can shift your focus to the closest sound you can hear. You can also do it with your eyes open, which is why I love positive intelligence because a lot of the things in the app are like mini meditation sessions, but they're not always where you have to sit and be in a quiet place and be undisturbed and close your eyes and breathe and focus on that. They are things that you can use in any part of your day with your eyes open. So for example, you can do this shift to focus on physical sensation using um, the sense of sight. You can look at whatever's in front of you and just focus on it in exquisite detail. Really notice the textures, the shapes, the colors. And again, just 10 seconds of that can create a shift in your brain from the saboteur hardwiring over to the sage part of your brain. And so if you've listened to previous episodes, I've talked about the thought model, which is another really elegant tool that I love in coaching. By the way, I love combining so many different tools in my coaching practice, both for myself and for my clients. It's like having a full array of tools in your toolbox, and you can always pick the one that's most appropriate for whatever is going on for you at the time. So the thought model is one of those tools, positive intelligence and the modality that we're talking about today of shifting to focusing on a physical sensation is another tool. But if you want to go back, um, episodes 8, 10, and 11 
are basically about different components of the thought model, how your thoughts create your feelings, how to manage your emotions, and how to shift your thoughts. So you might want to go back and refresh on those. But I like to think about this work of positive intelligence where you take the negative emotion as the warning sign it is, and then you shift into sage. And then you can use the thought model to really evaluate like what's going on and what you might want to do about it. So here's what you can do. If you are experiencing negative emotion, first just become aware of it. And then do a 10 plus second shift of focus to a physical sensation, be it sight, be it sound, be it touch, whatever. And, you know, you can do it longer than 10 seconds. That's the more is <laughs> the more the better in this case, but even just 10 seconds can help. So shift your focus to the physical sensation, and that will literally shift the parts of your brain that are active. And then once you're more in the sage perspective of your brain, and that's the circuitry that's lighting up on the functional MRI, that's when you can start to apply the thought model. You can start to look at, okay, this is the negative emotion that I was in. What was I thinking that was causing that? And what was I doing because of that emotion? And what was that creating in my life? And then you can really take a clear-headed look because you're in your sage perspective, right? You're not in saboteur, like looping on negative emotion and only looking for danger. You're in the sage, which has your best interest at heart. So you can look at whatever that model was that was running and say, okay, I had this emotion. These were the thoughts responsible for it. Are those just like nonsense thoughts that my brain came up with? Is that primitive patterning or well-practiced neural pathways that just generate those thoughts automatically, but they're not actually true? Are those thoughts that I even want to be thinking and maybe do I want to start to shift them? Or is this negative emotion really telling me that there's something going on that I don't really want to tolerate in my life or that I don't want to be involved with? So once you have shifted into the sage perspective, you can look at what that emotion was there to tell you. What is it there to warn you? Is it there to, you know, cue you in that you need to look at your um, default thoughts? Is it there to tell you that something is happening that you really don't want to have as a part of your life? Is it intuition? Um, you know, you can kind of start to look at that from a really clear-headed perspective once you're in SAGE. So I want to give you an example of how this works and why this is important and why it basically means that negative emotion is nothing to be feared and is actually a useful part of our lives and a necessary part. So imagine that you're having a conflict with your partner about something and you find yourself feeling really frustrated. And once you start to feel frustrated, you know that it's the saboteur part of your brain that's in charge. And that saboteur part is going to keep you in negative emotion and keep you looping in whatever the thoughts are that are creating the frustration. So you want to just recognize, okay, I'm feeling frustrated. Something's going on. I don't know what it is yet but this is here for me. So then you're going to shift into sage so that you can figure out why you're having that a negative why you're having that negative emotion and what it's there to tell you. So you're feeling frustrated, you're in this conflict with your partner. Now, I mean, this is like a discussion for another time, but maybe sometimes there is a boundary or like a need to step away from the discussion or the argument for a little bit. I mean, that's a whole different <laughs> conversation on conflict management. But 
If you're feeling frustrated, you don't necessarily have to leave the conversation or the room or do anything else. You can literally shift into your sage right then and there just by moving your attention to one of your physical sensations. Like literally sitting there with your partner, having whatever discussion and conflict, you can shift your attention to your breath or look with exquisite detail at whatever's in front of you. Like maybe you look at like the TV remote or your phone and you just see the exquisite detail of the shapes and the colors and the textures. Or maybe you shift by rubbing two fingertips together. Probably your partner won't even notice that you're doing that, but you're moving your attention to the sensation of the ridges of your fingertips rubbing together and you're redirecting the focus of your brain. So you feel the frustration, you recognize it, you do 10 or more seconds of this shift to physical sensation and you help yourself get into more of a sage perspective. So then from that sage perspective, you can figure out like what's going on here. Are you frustrated because you're making an assumption about something? Are you frustrated because you are having a thought that's just sort of your default thought, but it's not even true? Are you frustrated because you're being warned that like something's going on in this relationship that I don't know if I really want to tolerate and maybe I need to look at that more? When you're in the sage perspective, you're much more likely to be able to analyze those in a clear-headed way that provides you with a lot of empathy for both you and your partner and gives you the creativity and the laser focus to sort of figure out what to do next. Versus if you just stay in frustration and you just stay in the saboteur side of your brain, you're just going to keep thinking the same thoughts that are keeping you frustrated. You're going to keep looping on that. You're going to be looking for all the things your partner is doing wrong and why they are, you know, making you frustrated, quote unquote. And you are much more likely to escalate that argument and make it into a worse conflict. Or maybe if it's your tendency, you might be more likely to ice your partner out at that point and leave the conflict unresolved and maybe even create more tension. So all of those downstream negative effects come from staying in the negative emotion that our saboteur regions of our brain are generating. And so in order to let those negative emotions be the useful alert signal that they are, we can't just stay in that negative emotion looping over and over. We have to get out of it. And that's where you do the shift and you shift into sage. And then you can go back and see what's up with this negative emotion. What's it here to tell me? And what do I actually want to do about it that has my long-term well-being in mind? So the take-home message here is, Negative emotion is nothing to be upset about, (laughs) nothing to fear, nothing to resist or avoid. Negative emotion, just like physical pain, is a really useful and necessary warning signal and alert system that we have built in. So why not capitalize on that, right? And the way to do that is to really recognize that all of your negative emotion, it's useful, but just for a couple of moments. And it's coming from the saboteur regions of your brain that just are trying to keep you alive and out of danger. Once you see that you're in negative emotion, you can shift your focus to a physical sensation, even for just a quick short period of time, generate more activity in your brain in the sage region, and then actually figure out what the negative emotion was there to teach you and what you want to do with it. 
So that is my conversation on the role of negative emotion. I hope that's useful. Please get in touch with your feedback or any questions because you know I love to hear from you. And if you want to check out positiveintelligence.com, I highly recommend it. I absolutely love the way that they explain so many of these concepts in sort of human psychology and the way that our brains are wired. And more importantly than even the background is how to take actionable steps to improve your own mental fitness so that you can have a better experience of your life, so that you can handle the things that happen with grace and by using them as the gift and the opportunity that they are. I actually use the Positive Intelligence app myself every single day, and I gift it to my clients who purchase coaching packages of at least three months of private coaching. The app costs $1,000 if you want the six-week program on there on your own, but you get it for free when you sign up for coaching with me, just saying. So if you want more information on that, I'm happy to give it to you. Um, The other things that I wanted to mention to you are a couple of opportunities that we have to work together for this month of March. So one of them is my 111 coaching offer. I've extended it through the end of the month and it's the perfect way to get a bite-sized taste of what coaching's all about and what it's like to work with me. So if you are on the fence about coaching or you don't really even like know what it's about or you don't know if you want it um, or if you're ready to invest in, you know, a longer term Uh, coaching package. 111 is the perfect way to just kind of see what it's like and also get some really great support on any topic that you want. You know, I coach a ton on relationships, but anything is fair game because everything's pretty much interconnected in our lives. So if you need coaching on your relationship, your job, your finances, your friendships, your parenting, your health, whatever it is, we can address it. And this 111 program, what that means is you get one private Zoom session that's 45 minutes long where we'll really start to untangle and look at whatever the issue is that you are wanting to address. And then you'll get one week of Voxer coaching, which is text and voice message support. You can send as many as you want to me any time of the day. And I respond um, during you know normal working hours with more coaching and insight and support. And you get one week of that boxer coaching after your one-time Zoom session. And you get all of that for just $100, which is kind of insane. And you don't want to miss this deal. I only have a few more spaces. I am running it through the end of the month. And I want to accommodate as many people as I can because I do know that you know, paying for a coaching package with any coach can be a pretty good investment financially and as far as time. And it's like a million times worth it. (laughs) I can tell you that by personal experience, what you pay anyone for coaching is far less than what it's actually worth. But I know it can be a big deal to invest like that. So I really want to give as many people as I can a little taste of what coaching is all about so that you can get some support and, you know, figure out whether it's something that you want to pursue in the long term. So sign up for 111 by the link in the show notes or send me a message either on social media or an email if you want more info. It's such a fun thing. It's like really, really fun for me to provide these little mini coaching packages. And again, the spaces are really limited and it goes away at the end of the month. And I don't know if I'll do it again. We'll see. And then the other opportunity that you have to work together this month is a free masterclass that I'm doing on Wednesday, March 29th at 4 p.m. Pacific. It's called Intuition. So many of us live in our brains. Our brains are these crazy, amazing computers, just like we've been talking about in this show today. 
And they are really good at thinking, analyzing, overthinking, rationalizing, etc. And so many of us live in our brains um, and become really disconnected from our intuition, our internal guidance system, that like innate compass that we all have. We just have no connection to it sometimes because of how much time we spend thinking. I know that has been true for me, and it's true for a lot of the people that I interact with and work with, both in medicine and in coaching. So I'm doing a free masterclass on the 29th about how to get out of your head, get back into your body, and really tune in to that internal compass that we all have. And the reason that you want to do this is because so much of the mind drama and confusion that we have is because we're not tapped into our intuition. It's because we stay in our brains. We loop on thoughts. We overthink. And we ignore or we can't even hear the wisdom that our body has to offer us. So I see a lot of people sort of feeling kind of stuck, kind of blah, like a general sense of yuck. And they don't really know why because everything kind of seems like it should be fine on the surface. And so often it's because they have not been in alignment with what their intuition is telling them. They haven't been able to hear it. And so they've been sort of going through the motions of a life that isn't fully aligned with what they truly want. So Intuition Masterclass is going to teach you how to get out of the thinking cycle, get into your body, tap into your intuition and live in alignment with who you really are and what you really want without so much mind drama or confusion or overthinking. Um, Again, it's on the 29th, 4 p.m. Pacific. It's free, but I do need you to sign up. So send me a DM or send me an email if you want that. Okay, my friends, have an amazing week, and I can't wait to talk to you in next week's episode. Take care.